Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Hey, welcome. We are so excited. We are Jim and Martha Brangenberg. All of the conversations we're having on the podcast are about how people have been transformed as leaders. And so we're just hoping as you tune in today to hear about impact, to hear about leadership, and to hear about outcomes of leadership. As we talk with Dr. John Reynolds from Los Angeles Pacific University, that you would be touched and challenged and would be, that all this be used to help you deepen your faith as a leader. So welcome, Dr. John Reynolds. Thank you. It's pretty good to be here. So before we start talking about your leadership and your role at the Los Angeles Pacific University, we really want to make sure we just hear about from you. So how, what are you doing to keep your faith strong and keep your leadership Christ-centered? Well, that's a really good question. And I guess a question us Christian leaders ask ourselves every day. Uh, fortunately, I'm an early morning person. Hmm. And um, so like Jesus, I enjoy the time before the day starts and before the family gets up and other things to uh, spend time with the word. Um, uh, I like to see the sunrise with Jesus. That's that's kind of my goal um, every day in life. Um, I enjoy uh, devotions, Oswald Chambers um, is kind of my go-to kind of guide and car, Charles Stanley and Touch Ministries. We basically just spend time in the word and reflecting because uh, as leaders, we know that the day is never going to end like it started. <laughs> nothing, nothing, we, nothing we thought we were going to plan, we had planned for is going to happen. So um, I think they just that um, orientation early in the morning to be with Christ and just put the day before him is um, basically. Then obviously, I think as leaders, we need to be refreshed. And so obviously, a good church life is really important. Mm. So uh, we're blessed to be a part of a, a good local church and um, great senior pastor and um, that's how I'm refreshed as well. Yeah. So that's really, that's that's basically uh, my my compass for the day. I love how you just said the, it, that it, the day never ends the way it starts. And so that's why it's so important that we start with the Lord, because after, after we start looking at our phone and our emails and we start talking to people, the day yeah. just takes off. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves that we're believers and that God's walking by our side. Yeah, I'll probably age myself by calling it a quiet time, a cutie. Um, I don't think they call it they call it to that anymore. But you know, we used to talk, I come from a technology background, and we used to say we need to have our QT before the IT, right? because it's so easy to get into the technology, the emails, the texts that came overnight, the WhatsApps from other countries in the world. Before you get into the word, I'm writing that down. QT before IT. I we get yeah. that. So you, you may be aging yourself, but we yeah. we're, we understand yeah. what you're saying. So we're right there with you. So talk yeah. to us a little. Talk to us a little bit about um, Los Angeles Pacific University. Um, how, why it was founded, and and so we can kind of get up to speed on what it's all about. I'd be happy to. Um, so we have a, a relatively new university. It's uh, we uh, incorporated in 2011. First class is the same year, and actually it was a spin-off from Azusa Pacific University, okay. which most people recognize on the West Coast, um, Los Angeles, California, in terms of a, a large Christian residential. Um, the need we were seeing was actually um, after the 2008 global financial crisis, a lot of students couldn't afford Christian higher education just because of the cost um, uh-huh. of attending a residential campus with all the 
um, the experience that went with it. Um, the other issue is that um, there were students we knew that uh, wanted Christian higher education and couldn't, um, for various family situations, actually attend a class, a physical based first class. Mm-hmm. So we actually um, started as a Zusa Pacific Online University. That was the first name. We actually were going to be the online university. Um, eventually, that um, migrated and transitioned over the years um, until right now we're a, a Christian um, online university. We have no students on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, our students are all virtual. About 1,700 students, uh, multiple undergraduate and graduate programs, um, all taught from a Christian worldview. So basically, um, faith is built into our curriculum, regardless of whether you management, leadership, uh, nursing, whatever the whatever the program is, right. uh, faculty are Christian, our staff are Christian. Um, so <clears throat> an online, fully uh, fully online, Christian, affordable uh, university. We're trying to create something that was uh, was flexible and convenient for the people who had families, um, just really couldn't, with family life didn't allow them between um, having to go to baseball practices and basketball practices and softball and ballet. Um, to fit in a, a college class right. at a certain time. Well, so, and if they're yeah. commuting in L.A. anywhere, it takes two and a half hours to get anywhere. So having it online yeah. eliminates five hours of commuting and time more to the study campus. Time. <laughs> yeah, the commute was actually longer than the class yeah. <laughs> yeah. for a lot of cases. That would so be... This, yeah, yeah, so, um, it's tended to stay regional, which is traditional for online, but um, basically, yeah. So we've been running several years now and... Um, um, yeah, and Excellent. hopefully through our Christian worldview, making an impact for Christ. Well, and that's what I wanted to talk about um, next is just what I can imagine the stories are endless, but what kind of kingdom impact are you seeing as a result of um, students participating and staff and everybody at Los Angeles Pacific yeah. University? Yeah, we, we use the, the, the word hope a lot because for a lot of these students, uh, they come to us and uh, we don't um, restrict um, any student coming to the we, fairly, we are transparent. We make Christian University. We teach mm-hmm. from a faith perspective, um, but we don't actually um, check anyone at the door to say, you know, are you on a faith journey or are you Christian, etc. Yes. So, large uh, our population is primarily adults. Um, they in the kind of the average age is about thirty-four, mainly female, mainly non-white. And so um, a lot of them will come um, knowing something about Jesus, something about God, but not always. And so um, we see it as an outreach model. But the one thing we do know is they're looking for hope. And mm. so we actually we use a, a kind of this mantra, hope, because they want to have social and economic mobility. They want to be, do something better in the world, change right. their careers, be a better family, mom, dad, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then obviously and then hope um, because we, we hope and that they will see the real hope of Jesus Christ wow. in Amen. a relationship with him. Very so cool. that, that's basically um, that's our mantra. We, we provide hope for those who may not have had hope before. Mm. We're talking today with Dr. John Reynolds, president of Los Angeles Pacific University. You could check him out online, lapu.edu. When we come back, we'll dig deeper into his leadership journey and what he's got for you in store today on today's podcast. Your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, we'll be right back after this message. Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind that gives you control. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace 
into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform. That's I Work For Him Power Pod. Hey, welcome back. As we talked with Dr. John Reynolds, the president of Los Angeles Pacific University, if you're looking for an online alternative to an expensive on-campus Christian education, Mm -hmm. this is a great place for you to check out LAPU.edu. That's fun to say, Dr. John Reynolds. LAPU.edu. You could have some fun. There's probably a song you can make up about that. Our whole thing in the poo. We've got it. Yes, you do. So talk to us about your leadership journey really quick. How did God prepare you to be leading an online Christian university? Only God knows. Um, so it's a long, it's a long journey. In fact, um, I haven't been in Christian ministry um, all my life. I, um, I'm South African, as you probably will have heard from the accent, and so I was raised in South Africa. Um, started in teaching in um, a polytechnic in uh, South Africa, and then moved and moved um, into an NGO environment with World Vision. Eventually, World Vision in California, um, a little bit of the UN. Um, I was in computers at the time, information technology back to South Africa into the mining industry. And so I worked in the mining industry for several years. And that was an interesting experience in terms of leadership development because um, all of a sudden you weren't working with Christians. And so the vocabulary is pretty extensive if you're not in a Christian um, world. And so um, the great leaders, some really strong um, people leaders. And then called back to World Vision um, in the early 90s, back to California. And then uh, from there, um, and that really was where I think my Christian leadership really developed, um, uh, working with the greats, you know, Dr. Ted Engstrom, uh, Dean Hirsch, uh, and others. And then in the last 20 years, I've been in higher education mm-hmm. um, with the Zusa Pacific University. I was the executive vice president for um, almost 15 years, and then where I am now today. So when you look at your leadership style, was there a defining moment or a transformation that helped you to become the leader that you are today? Yeah, I, you know, we, I think that I think there are a lot, a lot of moments um, that uh, develop you as a leader you know, mm-hmm. versus just your leadership. And but I think the, the probably the most critical one was actually in um, the second second time, second round I had with World Vision in California. I was the chief information officer, uh, responsible hundred something countries, all systems, technology, etc. And I thought I had the plan absolutely well set out. I'm, I'm a great planner. I'm a very analytical person. I believe I'm strategic. And then I realized um, actually through a community development exercise is that communities continue whether we were there or not. Our hope is that we will have an intervention that they'll be different and we hope it's sustainable. And what I realized um, as I was thinking through my own life is that God's plan is going to continue regardless of who I am. I'm not the center of his universe um, in terms of leadership. And so uh, my aim to do, I've been designed, I've been wired, I've been purposed and um, to do something specific on this earth until I see him again. And uh, my role is just to do the best I can with excellence and um, serving him and uh, you will give me the opportunities and um, to leave. Um, it's not about me. Not about you. And then I think that's important for all of us as Christ followers to understand. It's not about us. It's always about him. Uh, but it's great to be used. And it feels good to be used. Uh, oh, yeah. John Reynolds, as we talk about your leadership life, has there been one leader that's really been a big influencer in your life? Yeah, I, I think the... And it's, I had the privilege and the opportunity to work with uh, Dr. Engstrom. Um, people probably know the name. Uh, he passed away you know, several years ago. 
Um, he was one of the founders, in fact, of Christian Management Association, which is now this, the Christian Leadership Alliance. Uh, but he was my um, supervisor um, in World Vision for, um, as president of World Vision International. Mm-hmm. And then in the, in the first years at Azu Pacific, he was on the board. And so he was actually my mentor. So Tuesday mornings was um, Tuesday mornings with Ted. And um, so I, I had the privilege of spending time with him. Um, and his, you know, his mantra was basically, how do we, how do we move two points, two, two points closer to who you need to be as a leader um, every week? And so that mm. was what I was accountable. How do I just move just this edge more towards being a leader and that God's called me to be? So uh, many people have, have influenced me, but um, I would say he, he probably is the one that I've spent the most time with. And, um, and he spent time with many, but uh, yeah. I, I regard him as one of my, my um my models for leadership. So did he actually ask you that question? I mean, that was like it actually yeah, part he, of the conversation. He, he, actually, he actually did. He was um, an amazing man. I mean, he, uh, you know, he passed away in his 90s and we actually met almost until the week he passed away wow. locally. And um, yeah, he had this um, book, he only wrote in pencil in his, um, his calendar uh, because yeah, everything, anything could change. But I mean, basically, that was a start. Um, have you moved in terms of your family life? Have you moved in terms of your professional life? Have you moved in terms of your spiritual life? And I still use that kind of framework as I'm into um, young, young, young leaders as well. Um, well, if was, you. Uh, yeah, there's it, a lot of accountability. I was <laughs> yeah. just going to say that if you know that the question is coming, you don't want to constantly week after week be saying, yeah, no, that didn't happen. Or, you know, yeah. and it's going to happen. Well, I mean, we're all human, of right. course. But boy, giving you that little bit of a drive every week as a leader but is when tremendous. He, when he asked you, how many, how did you move to, how do we move you or how did you move two points closer to being the leader that you were called to be? How many points on the line? <laughs> Oh. Well, apparently there were more than a hundred. Yes, that's how I'm here with it. And in, 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 as as you pointed out, in, in a lot of situations, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of yeah. Well, you know, I can't say my spiritual life was you know that much greater than it was last week. But basically, there was always the fact that you were going to be asked that question, right? That mm-hmm. you actually it was almost a. In some ways, the journey was more important than the goal in terms right. of um, just processing it through. Um, you know, for for the. And yeah, it was sometimes you know through my appointments or his appointments. It wasn't every week, but I say that yeah. time was just basically to say, well, have I have I changed? Have I? So you know, we're all in this tra- transformational process, and so how am I changing? We are. Um, and if you don't have something to measure that. It's not going to work. Did he ever bring your wife in on those meetings to say, hey, you know, I, I just want to find out how are things going at home? Because, you know, as a leader, you've got family. You mentioned family. I mean, I imagine, you know, he probably found out the real truth. Dr. Anscombe could have gone right to the bottom line. It's like bottom line. Yeah. Well, that, and that would have been scary. I mean, after being married for 38 years, that would have been scary because there's nobody other than God who knows me as well as my wife. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, very much. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know one of the the um, pieces I appreciated most about him. He wasn't coaching me, so it wasn't like he was coaching me to a particular goal. He was mm. mentoring me, saying, "This is your journey," um, and it was more a case of discovering who I am as the leader um, versus actually trying to get skills through as, you know, for, for my leadership. As such. 
Very cool. Hey, we're talking today with Dr. John Reynolds, the president of Los Angeles Pacific University. You may have once heard about it as Azusa Pacific Online, but now it's all its own. Los Angeles Pacific University ministering to the community. I love the fact that you said these are people looking for hope and you're introducing them to hope while you're teaching them and getting them a degree. Check them out online, lapu.edu. You can sign up from anywhere in the country. We'll be right back. Field manuals have been around for decades. You and I are soldiers serving in our mission fields at work. The I Work For Him field manuals are intended to provide the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical perspectives around work, women at work, and retirement. Our field manuals provide the detailed biblical information and faith-based how-tos for Christ followers like you serving in the field. Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore and request your free chapter today. That's iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore. Thanks for going to Hey, welcome back. As we talk today with Dr. John Reynolds from Los Angeles Pacific University. Check him out online, lapu.edu. I could say that all day long. That's just kind of fun. Lapu.edu. You could make a rap to that, uh, but we won't. But we're not going to. But we won't. So, Dr. Reynolds, one of the things you know well about the Christian Leadership Alliance is it's a place for leaders to come and get invested in as leaders um, with new ideas or challenges. And what are you as a leader able to invest in our listeners for this podcast today that you would like to share with them? Yeah, um, I think it's really more about the experience of, of being a leader. I, th- I think one of the things I, I would probably start with and emphasize is that I think we need to focus on who we are as leaders. Um, I think we focus for a long time on leadership. Um, can we articulate a clear vision, purpose, vision, yeah, mm. um, values? Um, and I think that is something you can make skill, competency. And I think if you you know, you know great leaders or you um, follow good leaders, um, that's something that happens. But I, I would say that you know part of what I've at least learned in the last um, couple of decades is it's, it's a lot about who you are how authentic you are as a leader. Um, how do people see you as a leader? And, and to be authentic and to have those mm-hmm. convictions and have those kind of resolutions, um, you have to be very self-aware of, what's, uh, of who you are. And so if there's anything I would say is uh, the, balance of, um, the balance of being the leader, uh, making sure you have the followers. Um, you can't lead without followers. That's, that's an obvious piece. But I think the other piece is the followers want to follow not only somebody who can move into the future, but they want to move into the future with. Mm. Um, they, and so that's, that relationship is really important as well. It's really becoming a leader worth following, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and in fact, uh, yeah, that's probably the one of the most common questions I'm asked is, um, as I teach and obviously in leadership is, um, so, you know, what defines a leader? And, you know, you go through all normal leaders born or made and, you know, all the general um, types, types of definitions. But really the most simplest version of a leader is they have followers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, Jesus, a leader, had followers and um, people need to follow you. It's not a title. I mean, none of us have the term leader on our business cards. Um, so it's not because I'm in the corner office or whatever that um, people are going to follow me. They might work for me, um, but they won't follow me. And so I think that you just said they might work for you, but they might not follow you. That's what profound. The, that's profound. You better expand on that a little bit. Well, I think we, we learn to manage, right? And so we get to, we have goals and things that need to be done and people, you can allocate resources, you can assign priority, you can give goals, you can hold them responsible, accountable. 
Um, and we know in a lot of organizations, in particular secular, um, they do it because the, you know, the pay is right and the times are right and this is not a bad company to work with. But you don't necessarily have to be a leader. Um, you can still get the job done as a CEO. Um, to The leader is somebody who says, boy, I want to do this and boy, you impacting my life. I will be different because of um, the relationship I have with you as a leader. Um, and so basically that, that whole idea of the leader follow, um, you know, I'm prepared to follow you. And uh, it's been interesting in terms of I've seen, um, you know, the signs I think of really good leaders and excellent leaders is often as they change organizations, a lot of their team actually change with them. Right, they follow. They really enjoy um, following them and they believe that they'll learn and they want to be that leader and that person is. You mentioned how important discipleship and mentoring was in your own life, in in um, especially your you know specific relationships. How are you using discipleship and mentoring with the university? Boy, it's one of the most you know, critical things we do. So, mm-hmm. so even in terms of our staff, um, and so you know, so you know, one of our values is um, care. So we have both care for our students and how we care for them, but also you can't care for others unless you care for your for your own staff. And so uh, we have a, a program we call the Navigators Program, and our goal is to have at least five uh, percent of our employees go through that every year, and that's a specific program. They meet once a week, uh, sorry, once a month um, on specific topics I teach probably about um, about three hours in the morning and I teach about four of them a year um, because it's important for them to know me as a leader so mm-hmm. I, I teach a piece in leadership on strategy uh, culture and values um, so they can these 10 12 people can have some one-on-one time with me um, to actually talk about who I am as leader and why LAPU is so important to me and, um, and why I still feel called um, to lead at, at LAPU. So uh, mentoring, um, I have a, um, a, a mentoring, um, I think it's one of the things of giving back. So going back to Dr. Ted for a minute, he, one of the reasons, um, one of the things he, he uh, kind of influenced me was saying is we've been so blessed, especially in um, the USA with Christian organizations and how we developed as managers and leaders that we really need to give back. And so mentoring, mm-hmm. I have mentees, Australia, um, Europe, uh, South Africa, Canada, and obviously some locally um, where I spend time with them. You know, unfortunately, technology, just like we're doing here on the podcast and um, you know, with uh, video conferencing, makes it a lot easier than getting on a plane nowadays. But um, I just love um, hearing the stories and just asking questions and uh, just seeing people discover themselves. I think that's uh, uh, becoming more aware of who they are and what God has called them to be, what their, their God-given potential as leaders might be. Probably our last question for today. Here's a a big one. You are a leader. You're the president of Los Angeles Pacific University. There's probably one or two things you wish your younger you knew. So we could save the time for those younger people that are out there listening today. Uh, What's one thing you you wish your younger you had known? Other than being I'm not the center of the universe. Um, I think... um, I have a, I have a kind of a, a handful of things. So if I can go very quickly through five things. So first, hold on to leadership loosely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you're only a leader as long as people recognize you as a leader. And so, um, don't become too comfortable that um, you're there because of your title or organization mm-hmm. structure. So hold on to loosely. God will use you differently. He will call you into leadership positions and he'll call you out. So hold on to it loosely. Sure. loosely. 
Secondly, it's a noble task. You know, Scripture tells us in 1 Timothy 3 that um, to be an overseer is a noble task. And so it is a calling and it is something special. Um, but again, you can, only be, you can only be a noble task as long as um, God wants us uh, to be there. Then I think the, the third thing that I mentioned earlier is that um, our plans are not God's plans. Yeah. You know, Proverbs um, <laughs> warns us about And so... Um, keeping our eyes fixed on the Lord um, and actually um, having that um, true north compass in terms of saying this is um, who we are and this is um, who God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And then I think focusing on the things that are important to him, fixing your eyes on him, um, is just absolutely what every leader. So if, you, if we're going back and you say as a young leader, um, I wish I'd learned all these things earlier because yeah. um, it was more of a career move for me than it actually was a calling. Right. And so the idea is that, um, so now I see it as a calling. God can call me in and call me out anytime he likes. It's not part of my, um, he's in control. He's sovereign. Yes, he is. Very good. Dr. John Reynolds with Los Angeles Pacific University. Thanks for being on the podcast. I want to especially thank you for telling all of our leaders that just because people work for you doesn't mean they're going to follow you. That That is a tweetable tweet from this show today. <laughs> but thank you, everybody, also for tuning in today, for all of our listeners. And I know you got some great stuff out of this show yeah. today. And I really just want to challenge you to just go back and listen to it, take your notes, and invest what you heard today into your leadership role tomorrow. So remember the wisdom in this podcast came to you by way of someone else. If you loved it, say so and share it with a friend. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field. But ultimately, I I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online, iworkforhim.com. I work the number four, him.com.